Welcome to All Things Beer, a Pat's Pints Mark's Mugs podcast. I'm Pat Woodward. And I'm Mark Richards. Each month, we are joined by brewers, enthusiasts, and friends to explore the techniques, the culture, and the history of mankind's best invention. So grab a beer and join us as we discover a world of all things beer. Well, here we are. Just finished a little pizza lunch. We had a couple West Side classics out here in Columbus, Ohio, and got a great guest, Pat, two of them. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm totally stoked about this episode because we've been talking for a long time about getting Jim Ellison on yep. to talk about pizza and beer. And we've got a bonus guest this week. That's too, right. Mark. I mean, looking at this table, it's pizza and beer and beer and beer is really what this episode and is. Pizza. So me like at least yeah. kind of at least half a beer, too. Oh, yeah. 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 I think you're no stranger to beer either, Jim. So we got Jim Ellison, who literally wrote the book, The Columbus Pizza Slice of History. Great book. I not only have a copy, I've given that as a gift many times. As somebody that largely tries to stay off the radar, I guess I'll throw a little bit into my credibility for being on this prestigious podcast <laughs> with uh, you two <laughs> gentlemen. In addition to writing the book, Columbus Pizza, A Slice of History, which is available on Amazon, your local booksellers, pretty much anywhere in the world. Please keep buying it. For six and a half years, I ran Columbus Brew Adventures, which was Ohio's first craft brew tour company in the state and ran many tours in central Ohio. We did a couple other tours out of town. And as part of that, I also ran a pizza tour for six and a half years as well. So I found out pretty quickly when starting the business that people really only seemed to wanted to pay to drink with me on Saturdays. So I decided to put a pizza and beer tour together. And then also as part of the Columbus Ale Trail for the first five years of its production. So many people know that has encouraged people to drink. In some cases, we had some folks that literally the days those were issued is they crafted on spreadsheets the ability to hit all the stops, which is at one time, I think up to like 45 in less than 48 yeah. hours so impressive oh, wow. yeah. impressive yes don't try this at so home. that's some <laughs> of my background that led me to this episode today and also joining us today lenny colada uh, are you recently semi-retired i guess i'm heading that way aren't i Mark? yeah it, well it's not a bad thing but we're actually drinking a chill sesh right now that you brought from the smokehouse brewery i brought beers you can never get again so yeah chill sesh it's a nice session IPA, goes well with pizza. I think we can all attest to that. All right, Lenny Collada, one of our true like pioneers of craft beer in Columbus, Ohio, dating back to Barley's and then Barley's Smokehouse slash Smokehouse Brewing. Also a very noble endeavor, Common House Ales, our first B Corps brewery in the state mm-hmm. of Ohio. Turns, so, turns out Columbus didn't want to be charitable. Well, it wasn't ready, <laughs> but it was still noble throwing a pandemic, which didn't hurt anything in the industry. But I mean, truly a craft beer pioneer and not just about beer, but about the community of beer in Columbus. Well, we've got an episode steeped in authenticity today with yeah. some real experts, and that's exciting. And it, you can't see me on the radio, but if you look at me, I have been eating for a very long time. I'm really good at it. <laughs> I think that might go for all of us at yeah. the table. Should we maybe launch in a little bit to Columbus Pizza? Because that's the title of your book, and not everybody who listens is actually from Columbus, but what is a Columbus-style pizza? And not everybody that lives in Columbus believes there's a Columbus-style pizza, right? So Mark and I, who are natives, you know, you don't have to, like, preach that gospel We're believers. But we're believers. We get it. So what is Columbus-style pizza? We'll define what it is. So it's a thin-crust pizza, a yeast-risen dough, cooked in a deck oven, cut in squares, not slices. And this is the thing that really, like, those folks outside of Columbus just get angry about, especially New Yorkers, folks from New Jersey, East Coast folks. Like, they look at it, and they're done with it already. (laughs) There's reasons for that cut, and it's beer-related, so we'll talk about that in a bit. Provolone over mozzarella, or at least in the modern world, a blend of mozzarella and provolone together for the cheese. And then another very distinct aspect of Columbus-style pizza is edge-to-edge toppings. So you can't often see the cheese for the toppings with the Columbus-style pizza. That is a thing. So you put all those elements together, that is Columbus-style pizza. And for those of you that are natives of Columbus or visiting, the places that you want to visit to really experience that at its highest would be TAT, Mm -hmm. the oldest Italian restaurant in Columbus, the first place to serve pizza in Columbus, 
Manelli's on the west side, Emilio's on the west side, Teresa's, Iacano's, Tommy's, Massey's, Angie's. These are all pizza places from the 50s and 60s that really set the template for what pizza in Columbus would be. So that is the basics of Columbus style. But as far as the style itself, there's two individuals that we need to give credit to. One is Jimmy Massey, whose real name, and I'll butcher this because I'm horrible with Italian pronunciations, is Jimmy Massusi. So he anglicized his name to Massey when we moved to the United States. And Romeo Surrey. Romeo Surrey came from New Jersey. And these two kind of came together in 1950 to start Columbus's first pizzeria, which is called Romeo's Pizza, surprisingly. So Jimmy Massey was a baker born in 1901 in Chicago, and that was his background. Romeo grew up on the East Coast, mainly New Jersey, born in the 1910s. His dad owned several pizzerias, so that was his background. He came to Columbus to be essentially a wine salesman and also a supplier to restaurants. Jimmy originally came to Columbus visiting friends, and the case of both of them they came as visitors, but were lured to Columbus by the women that they married. So that was a thing they had in common. It's like, oh, I'm going to Columbus, fall in love, I'm going to stay here. These Columbus girls, Pat, you know? <laughs> what can we say? Columbus, it's for lovers. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's from Kent. Um, so anyway, uh, they came together in 1950. They opened Romanio's Pizza, which was prime location. Fifth Avenue and North Star, where those two come together. So that's Grandview, which at the time was huge Italian population, close to two gigantic high school communities, Upper Arlington and Grandview. So think about 1950s, we start to have some affluence in the country. We have disposable income. High schoolers are kind of like our early influencers, like basically deciding what we're going to do, how we're going to approach culture. We were just starting to have drive-ins and things like that. Here's a place I can go to that's open past midnight. We can hang out together, pull our money together, and eat this newfangled pizza thing that nobody's ever heard of that our parents might be a little bit angry about because it's Italian, right? And so this kind of became the foundation of Columbus Pizza. And the first version of pizza that they made was very different than the pizza that we had today. You're taking kind of Jimmy's influences from Chicago. You're taking Romeo's influences from the East Coast. And they're kind of creating this fusion pizza. Originally, it was basically dough, sauce, Romano cheese sprinkled on. And then you chose from like four or five different toppings. This quickly changed in 1951 to the pizza that we know today. What would those toppings have been? Do you know? Jim? Oh, anchovies. They were actually the first to make pepperoni like a common topping. Like even New York East Coast pepperoni was not a common topping anyway. Okay. Wow. But, That's interesting. But Massey liked it. Surrey liked it. And so that really became a lead thing. Later on down the road, Columbus Pizzerias in general, we're the folks that you can basically give credit to having banana peppers on pizza. That's very much a big Columbus thing. And I'd say like, Mark, you and I grew up together in this city. Like a pretty common combo would be pepperoni, sausage, banana peppers, oh, or, yeah. or some combination, two yep. of those three at any time. That's kind of our thing. Who did the pineapple thing? Uh, An idiot? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I'm not against it, and that's my son's favorite topping. But there's a couple different stories for pineapple yeah, on, on pizza. Ice cream. Yeah, but that's also, as Lenny, you are a bit of a instigator of things. <laughs> and pineapple definitely is the type of thing that really gets people stirred up almost as much as Columbus-style pizza, right? A lot of people want to believe that it's not a style, that it doesn't exist, that it blends into Midwestern-style pizza, right, yeah. which is generic. And even people that grew up in Columbus because of low self-esteem or a lot of navel-gazing or whatever, they're like, no, it's not true. We don't have our own style. This is just marketing, whatever. These people are deluded. So... A common argument that we'll hear for Columbus style, it's like, no, it's the same as Chicago style pizza, and, you know, that's it's Chicago. And when you say Chicago style, you're talking about the tavern. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So there's Chicago deep dish pizza, which is only for the tourists, right? Chicagoans typically don't eat that very often. Yeah. And there's Chicago tavern style pizza, which looks and tastes very much like Columbus style. Yeah. What there, are the differences then? There's really only one significant difference. Potentially two, but one for sure. So Chicago tavern style pizza, 
probably came about in, depending on who you talk to, the mid-1940s or perhaps the mid-1930s. There's a little bit of debate there. But what we do know for sure is that tavern-style pizza originated as a bar food, right? I read something not too long ago on the Beervana blog. There's kind of a comeback of places serving tavern-style pizza at breweries and giving away for free, like a happy hour kind of thing. Um, we need to go to those places. That's, what I'm <laughs> that's an episode. We just record it live. I'm all for that. So, yeah. So, Chicago-style pizza, what's the difference? Chicago-style, the dominant cheese is mozzarella. Columbus-style, the dominant cheese is provolone, mm-hmm. right? So, I refer to them as cousins as far as a style. They're very similar. They look very similar. They have similar histories. Here's one thing I believe. Jimmy Massey grew up in Chicago worked as a baker in Chicago until the late 1930s. Speaking with one of his sons, his recollection is that they had family that had a pizzeria in downtown Chicago across from the bus station. Okay. So I've got to say that Chicago probably very deeply influenced Jimmy Massey's interpretation of what pizza was and what it would be, right? So you take Jimmy, take all that history and tradition. When he came to Columbus, he was in his 40s, right? He was no young man doing this thing. So you take his interpretation of pizza and his experience, and you take Romeo Surrey, who has his East Coast interpretation of things and is a master salesperson, and they kind of blend this hybrid together that just takes off. So why is it tavern cut? You know, that's what we call it in Chicago. So instead of cutting in gigantic triangles, which are floppy, hard to share, you're cutting pizzas in little squares. So if you're at a bar, which is where pizza originated in Chicago and had a huge influence in Columbus too, if you have little squares, that means all of your patrons can get a couple tastes, right? Not unlike what we're doing here today in our kind of pizza and beer testing that we're doing at your podcast, World HQ, right? So we're having (laughs) these small squares of pizza. That, in turn, that pizza, the saltiness, the cheese, the flavors, that's giving you get a little bit of nutrition. It's letting you say, like, oh, I'm not that drunk yet. I can get one more beer before I head home from work, right? But also, you're maybe a little bit thirstier, too, as you're getting some of the salt from the cheese and things like that. So there's a lot of thought into why you want to have pizza out as your kind of bar food in your tavern. It's going to keep customers there longer, right? And it's going to inspire them to eat more beer. So that's how that stuff kind of okay. connects together. Or drink more beer. Or both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I guess if it's not brewed well, you could eat it. Hazy <laughs> <laughs> IPA yeah. these days, maybe you could at least use a spoon for that. Yeah. Right? Well, as we're talking pizza, I just gave another round of beers that we'll never have again. Uh, we already had chill sesh from the smokehouse. Obviously, that won't be brewed again. But what everyone has in front of them right now, by a really nice fluke, one of my sons, Nick, was in Tennessee at a carryout and found Anchor Christmas Ale from last year, 2022. One-year-old sitting on the shelf. He bought two six-packs. This is the last beer they ever made. Time they made the Christmas sale for sure, wasn't it? Yeah. And so shout out to Fritz Maytag. He didn't try to start a craft beer revolution. He wanted to just keep Anchor Steam Beer going, which was a historically important beer to the Bay Area, and that did spawn the craft beer revolution. So as we all know, Anchor went out of business. They closed Mm -hmm. their doors. It's unknown whether they'll make it back. Probably not. But this beer, the 2022, believe it or not, is the 48th beer in a row that they made for Christmas. Each year was different. The label was different. It was always a tree. So, for you trivia folks out there, remember the blue gum eucalyptus tree was on the last Anchor Christmas sale. I had a couple of them already. Tastes a little bit like orange, honeysuckle, toasted malts. They change their recipe every year. They never say what the recipe is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I get a touch of licorice and Coca-Cola as well in this one. Oh, yeah. I get the mm-hmm. Coca-Cola yeah. in there. It doesn't taste like it was in the display window either. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's aged well for yeah. that period of time. It tastes good. Yeah. If we go back a couple of years in the podcast, we did an episode a few Decembers ago with Jason McKibben. He was at Anchor, and he was a pretty a significant presence there. And we were talking about the Christmas sale and what goes into the Christmas sale. And he's like, uh-huh. well, you know, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. You know, this is a totally secret. But now... 
that anchor is no more. Maybe we should have Jason back on, and maybe Jason he could tell us, you know? Cool. Yeah. He just happens to be the head of the PTO at my son's school, so oh, great. Uh, oh. we can lure him back pretty okay. quickly. Okay, yeah. okay. excellent. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks, Lenny. This is an unexpected treat, for yeah. sure. You know, this might be a time, since we're talking about beer, we've been talking about pizza, just talk a little bit about what makes pizza and beer such a good pairing? Great question. And I think all four of us are very experienced in that pairing, for sure. (laughs) I've been researching this for about four decades. Yeah. So let me backtrack a little bit for kind of where my mindset comes from. So I told you before, like I had to create this pizza tour so I could earn income for the brewery tour company. So what I put together was a Sunday tour, which was four different places. I did four different styles of beer at each place to pair up with the pizza and did four different styles. So we went to Meister's Bar, which will no longer be with us later in 2024. And they are typically paired up with four string. Fun fact, the reason we paired up with that is typically I could get a good four string lager, but also one of the first places to serve four string when it was still open was Meister's Bar, surprisingly. And of course, Meister's serves a deep dish pizza, right? Yes, an interpretation of Chicago deep dish pizza. It's a little bit different, but very good. By different, you mean improved? Uh, I would say it's less soupy, it's Mm -hmm. less overwhelming, but like for me, and I can eat a lot. Yeah. Two slices of Meisters will take me down. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a lot. Like it, Two it's slices very a lot. fulling, um, but I loved it and aged well. So did a interpretation of Chicago-style pizza at Meisters. Then went to Iacano's, which is a classic Columbus-style pizza. Typically pair that up with a brew from um, Columbus Brewing Company, right, which is very much a, a strong Columbus brewery. Then we would go to Late Night Slice when it was still at Lido's. So their interpretation of New York-style pizza paired up with whatever beer was available at Lido's Bar, which changed constantly, so did a wild card there. And then we walked just across the street to Hound Dog's Pizza, which I'd say is really an interpretation of pizza itself, not specifically a style. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they have three types of crust, four types of sauces there, lots of specialty pizzas. And basically the way I presented it to my group when we got there, and at that point they had a lot of pizza and beer in them, so they were easily influenced by me, right? So I would have the group vote on what two pizzas we would have. And that was always very heated debate. At Hound Dogs? Yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to say, here's five different things you could have here. You yeah. tell me which two are you going to eat. So I'm a Smoking Joe's Howling Hot guy all the way. So Smoking Joe's, for those of you that haven't had the gift of having that before, is a thick dough ring around the pizza, infused with garlic, and then typically a spicier but not searing hot pizza sauce to it, Mm -hmm. which I think works well for any combination. So we'd always do one Smoking Joe's, whatever combination of toppings that we chose, and another that would be kind of more traditional. And typically... I would try to influence the group. And again, some of them were more influenceable than others, depending on their body mass. (laughs) But I would try to get them to get the Russell, which one of the toppings included in that is sauerkraut. Oh, interesting. And that was something that terrified people. They're just like, sauerkraut, oh my God, what's the matter with you? This is like a (laughs) war crime. Why why are you making us eat this? Like, I'm not making you. This is a vote. So, But typically when folks had it, like as a game changer, they weren't expecting that level of like flavor and and infusions and stuff. If you like Rubens, it's like a really good Ruben. I love it. Now, you got to squeeze that out a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. It's not wet. It it, it kills the dough. You're just getting the flavor and the texture from it. You're not getting the wet. Is the sauerkraut put on? after cooking or is it cooked with the sauerkraut it's, it's on? cooked with the okay. pizza yeah. which is essential you putting it on after on i think top. would be the kiss of death okay. so anyway i've got six and a half years of helping people figure out how to pair beers with pizza so i think that helps influence me a little bit and i was a wine judge for many years too and a couple of the folks that trained me in wine judging we have this concept that wine and cheese is that's the perfect combination right and there's something to be said for that but really with wine you're hoping that the wine is not overpowering the flavors where with beer and we'll get into science of this maybe later beer actually and cheese are a better pairing right so i think that's one of our arguments for why they work together Beer works better paired with cheese because it's carbonated Mm. and it strips the fat Mm -hmm. away so that you can taste the next cheese. When you're doing a wine and cheese tasting, it's almost like you're making a lasagna in your mouth. And so the beer is superior, I have found, also. Mm -hmm. So so let's break down a pizza and let's break down beer, right? And again, I have beer experts in front of me, even more so than me. So what's your base for pizza? It's your dough, 
your crust, mm-hmm. right? And for Columbus style in particular, and for most pizza types, typically it's a yeast risen dough. So right. we've seen mm-hmm. a combination between the pizza dough and the beer right there, right? So those are worked together. They're simpatico. So that's like beer mash. Yeah, yeah. in many ways. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's fermenting, grain. right? It's, right. it's mm-hmm. growing. It's evolving. Sauce is the wild card. No two people make their sauce exactly the same. So you're going to have different profiles there. It's kind of on a spectrum. Is it going to be super spicy? Is it going to be super sweet? Where is it going to land? So that's a variable. Cheese, that's the key thing, right? So what type of cheese is used on your pizza? Most folks use mozzarella. Some use the mozzarella blend. In Columbus, we prefer a provolone, ideally a smoked provolone which that gives you a little bit nuttier flavor, things of that nature. So when you're trying to figure out what beer is going to go with this pizza, I think just about any beer can go with pizza. But I'd say typically as you're looking at all those things coming together and mixing, lager is a pretty safe bet. Belgian, unless it's an overpowering Belgian, is mm-hmm. probably a pretty safe bet. And I'll throw it out to the three of you. And let's just go with the Columbus style pizza because we know the metrics there, right? We know the ingredients. Like, what are some other beers that you might pair effectively with that? Mm, I would think a pale ale would be great. I think also yeah. at Meister Bar, we always get the old man beers, the Blatts and Black Labels and old Milwaukee's and stuff. That's great, especially at Meister because it's so filling. I mean, it's such a calorific pizza, right? There's just so many calories in that Mm -hmm. pizza that, you know, you don't need a lot of calories from the beer, right? Mm -hmm. And there's something satisfyingly blue-collar about beer and pizza, which really lends towards those old man brands that we love. To like a medium to low ABV, right? Super high ABV is going to work about that. But let's think Mm -hmm. about culture, right? So the old man beers in particular. So pizza's growing in the United States, especially Midwest in the 1950s and 1960s. Who, other than an old-school Italian family, is drinking wine with their pizza, right? You're not. You're drinking beer. Yeah. That, that is the beverage of America, right? So you're putting on airs if you're drinking something <laughs> than other than beer yeah. with your pizzas. I mean, that's part of our culture. And again, let's think about tavern-cut pizza. Chicago, Columbus, pizza and beer were meant to go together. It's driven by our culture, by our economy, things of that nature. So all these things together is the perfect pairing, really. Don't you find it interesting, though, and maybe this is a lesson in why we should all get along, the beer culture in this country had German roots, and the pizza culture in this country really had Italian roots. Mm -hmm. Yet here we are, Italian and German going together for just a perfect pairing. Absolutely. It kind of points to the fact that that pairing was perfected in America because it probably wouldn't have happened uh, as organically in Germany or Italy. We are the world. You know, it does strike me with the Columbus pizza because the cheese mm-hmm. is right. It's not mm-hmm. just your straight up mozzarella, yeah. right? So the Columbus pizza has a lot of the provolone in it, right? Yeah. So there's less stretchiness to the cheese, and slightly different flavor profile. Also a little bit sharper, I would say. A little yeah, bit of a sharper, absolutely. a little bit less sweet. And so to me, that speaks to shifting from, let's say, an American lager to a Pilsner, like a German Pilsner or an Italian Pilsner, Mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's also got that kind of sharpness to that Pilsner malt character. And you want something that's going to cut through the the Mm -hmm. fat of the cheese and the grease of the pizza. We haven't talked about it, but of course, the bitterness of a beer, the bitterness of an IPA, that's something you're not going to get in wine. But I think that's a nice counterpoint to the cheese and the fat that come in a pizza. The other wild card that we haven't discussed yet, so we've talked about dough, we've talked about sauce, we've talked about cheese. So I guess I'll throw one and a half wild cards in. So Mark and I know that many of the old school Columbus style pizzas will sprinkle on some Romano Uh on the pizza right when it's coming out of the oven, right? Oh, yeah. And tends to land on top of some of the toppings. That gives you a little kind of like saltiness or a little Uh bit of zing, right, as you're eating your slice. So that's something to factor in, but it's toppings. Oh, yeah. Now, for me, cup and char is mandatory. And the Etzo brand is made here locally. Yeah, in Columbus since 1978. Mm -hmm. A little sidebar discussion about Ezo Sausage Company. Had its origins outside of Columbus in New York many decades before that. The founder played football for Woody Hayes. 
Oh, wow. um, they were looking for a new place to set up shop after some challenges in their other location. A major pepperoni supplier to the Columbus area had kind of changed its recipe, and a lot of Columbus pizzerias weren't happy with the product that was available to them. And so a lot of discussions happens like, hey, we're building this new plant, we're making pepperoni, and the pepperoni that was created was catered towards what the Columbus pizzerias wanted. Okay. So this is the 70s, early 80s, a lot of collaboration, cooperation going on there. There's even different versions of pepperoni. So Massey's in particular had a special version of pepperoni made just for them that they still use to this day, so to their spec. So today, Ezo Sausage Company, considered to be by the people that make decisions about this to be the finest pepperoni in the world. Right. So if you are a New York City pizzeria, which is pretty snobby about pizza and you have Izo, that's a pretty big deal. Like oh, you cool. put it on your menu saying this is yeah, Izo's it, Instagram uh, accounts in New yeah. York City, like, oh, this place has Izo, like pepperoni, like yeah. that's a big deal, the cut and char, things like that. Another cool thing, their plant that's here in Columbus is state of the art. Like it's you will not find anything that's put together better than what they have here. Um it's also all beef pepperoni. So that's a pretty big deal when you're looking at halal, things mm, like that. Yeah. So they literally yeah. send plane loads of pepperoni to like Saudi Arabia, places like that. Like something wow. you just would never figure in. I had no idea. So highly sought after, sometimes hard to get, but very much something that Columbus should be proud about. Oh, yeah. But again, speaking about toppings is what are your toppings? That's going to factor into what beer, right? You have a Columbus style, which is literally like almost like a layer of pepperoni on top. You need a beer that's going to cut through the spicing and the fattiness of that pepperoni on top. Mm -hmm. Mark and I are both strong advocates of you shouldn't have more than three toppings on a pizza because it affects how it cooks and, and things like that. So other factors that we have to think about. Yeah, dough is greatly affected if you have too many toppings. Here's a question about maybe some less standard beer pizza. Curious what your take is on how these might work with pizza. What about a sour beer? I've had sours okay. with pizzas okay. a couple of times. It can work. But that's all. There's different kind of strata of sours, sure, sure, right? Sure, of course. So there's kind of, let's think of, say, platform beer. Uh, right so they're sour you know almost kind of like a uh, rest in peace yeah um (laughs) a little more kind of like a a very soda pop sour yeah right yeah yeah. so it's it depends on the beer so you need to have knowledge of that beer to to make it work and here's how i would look at it if you are the type who doesn't mind putting unusual ingredients Mm, on your mm -hmm. pizza you're a little more adventurous we talked earlier about sauerkraut on a pizza. We've all heard of dill pickles on a pizza, right? right? Well, that's sour yeah, that- on your pizza, so why not sour in your beer on a more traditional pizza, and you're going to get that adventure sure. anyway. So I think the sour works okay, okay, uh, unless you aren't into that. I mean, it, it does tend to cut a little bit through the uh, the fat. The sour kind of uh, cleanses your palate, and, and a lot of times the sour beers right. are highly carbonated, which also is probably a plus, yeah, right? right? So I'm, I'm inspired by the shirt that Mark's wearing across from me from Antiques on High, Yeah, right? <laughs> so they kind of jumped in and said, hey, we're going to try to see if Columbus can make this jump into the world of sours. Yeah. And as part of that journey, they knew that they're going to have to have a couple of entry-level kind of pedestrian sours that weren't too sour, that kind of like is your... Um, gateway. Gateway. Your gateway sour, right? So a gateway sour, I think, goes good with most pizzas. Oh, I would say so. Something, what is it, Urban Artifact down in Cincinnati? Right. Or maybe like a Little Fish type sour? Yeah. Those might be a little bit harder to figure out which one's going to pair with the pizza because those are, I think, more complex. Yeah, Pat and I were yeah. just talking about Urban Artifact pickle beer, the, uh, oh, yeah. the dill that sour. Is, that is a mouthful. It's, it's fantastic, a, it's though, interesting isn't beer. it? It's it an takes you back beer. your first sip, but... Fun it's fact about beer. pickles, yeah. Rubino's Pizza in Bexley here in Columbus, which oh, yeah. is one of our early ones, I think, 54. I only recently visited there in the last... I, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. So pretty famous. But they have pickle as a standard topping choice wow. at Rubino's. Yeah. So maybe that's your perfect pairing, Mark, Yeah, is getting yeah. a pickle pizza from Rubino's <laughs> and putting it with a pickle sour it's and seeing how that idea. comes yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. That night we got sausage and pepperoni, and their sausage there is like a sliced... Mm-hmm. Thin, very large piece of sausage. It's like a off a block, almost like a gyro slice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, very much like that. And 
Gatto's up the street from me here. Gatto and Torita's as well. Torita's does the same. and Torita's both make their own sausage. Yeah. And so that comes from their heritage and tradition of how they make their sausage yeah. and how they've served it. So I like it like that. Yeah. What about can multi beers work with pizza? Because we've talked about cutting through the fat and the grease. I think much like what we talked about sours and how you can put sour things on pizza, there are some people who like sweet sauce. (laughs) I mean, Jim, is it true that Columbus sauce tends to be sweeter? And I forgot to mention that, so thank you. Uh, Yeah, another aspect of Columbus-style pizza is it leans to sweet over spicy for the sauce. Mm -hmm. Not as sweet as, say, Plank's, which that's at the yeah, highest end of the yeah, sweet yeah. scale. But like it's generally leaning toward that. And again, part of that is because if you look at pizza in Columbus, if you look at the pioneers of pizza, so the places open in the 50s and 60s, most of those folks came from the same region. Their parents, if it wasn't them, came from the same region of Italy. Yeah. So similar flows to what would be their core of their sauces. And if that wasn't the case, most of them grew up together in the same neighborhoods of Columbus. So all of that shaped to what that core sauce profile would be. Although we've said before, no sauce is exactly the same. They're close, but a little bit different. And then to backtrack for malt, there's a couple styles that inc- incorporate malt into the dough of the pizza. I don't recall which oh, one, okay. but I have a gigantic list of style types in front of me that we can read through and maybe that will jog my memory oh, or yeah. somebody else's. Yeah, let's talk about pizza styles other than Columbus cool. style pizza. Okay. Well, I mean, Columbus is great. Columbus is a city of transplants. Columbus is the restaurant test market for the country. Right. So you can get almost any style of mainstream style of pizza available in the country here. New York, Chicago, Columbus, Detroit. We just had um, Detroit from Giuseppe's. Uh, there's a place that yep. does uh, New Haven style. There's mm-hmm. a place that does Rhode Island red, which is yellow brick. There's a couple places that do Youngstown style pizza here. We have La Rosa's, which is a Cincinnati chain that's present in Columbus. We have Giordano's, which is from Chicago. So you're going to have to work hard to not find your core pizza styles here in the city. But to backtrack to like underappreciated style. So Kenji Lopez-Alt, pretty good writer, pretty good food scientist, and pretty good guy. He just did in last year, 2023, this huge deep dive, which he does into anything that he writes about, about Chicago-style pizza. So he looked at the science of it, how you make the perfect dough for it, went to multiple places. So while he was working on that article, I actually had like an hour-long conversation with him talking about Midwestern pizza in general, but Columbus-style in particular. Unfortunately, that got cut out of his final article, but even he acknowledges that Columbus style is different. It got cut out for editing, but yeah, so we're an underappreciated style for sure. And here's something we haven't talked about, but I mean, for any pizza, the true test of its greatness is how it tastes the next day, right? That's like a good chili, a good lasagna, right? So like the best pizzas are usually as good, maybe even slightly better that next day, whether eating it cold, which some people are adamant about, or reheating it. Yeah, reheating, what's your method? I've got mine. Uh, I do it in a toaster oven. Okay, I'm cast iron skillet. Yep, I'll go for that. I used to be cast iron skillet, and then I tried the toaster oven. Yeah. Oh, man. And if it's a sturdy enough crust, in the air fryer is oh yeah air fryer good. good yeah mm-hmm. I've Support done that, that recently on Ben but cast iron skillet come on old school you know old school baby all the way what about you Pat? over an open fire these are good suggestions you know I I sometimes eat it cold I sometimes use the microwave which yeah. of course is good. yeah I can see I'm going to be frowned upon but that's very uh, you know Pat if you give me a beer I won't judge <laughs> <laughs> well we could break out another beer while we're talking about some more pizza. So we just popped open a bottle. This is a homebrew, and I am actually only tangentially involved in this one. But with my friends Hans Gorsuch and Chris Mercerhill, we have Mm -hmm. a brew day every year. And I make a black walnut beer, but they always make a Saison. This is called Under the Oaks. Yeah, definitely got the Saison. It's a Saison, and the yeast this year has a mix of... Uh, Saccharomyces saison yeast and also some Brettanomyces in there. So it's a Brett saison. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. A lot going on. I was thinking this might be a good one to pair with pizza because I think so. Very light, very effervescent. Mm-hmm. Good carbonation. And actually, the herbalness that you get out mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. would not be unwelcome as a pizza topping, whatever all yeah, that is, yeah. right? 
I mean, I think especially if you're going with a more uh, pizza that had a few more vegetable toppings, for example, yeah. and then, you you know, you've got your spices like your oreganos and your yeah, basils, right. and exactly. this might be go, good with a margarita right. pizza yeah. even. Yeah, it, it, let's throw in some other variables, right? So, like a white pizza, yeah. a pesto pizza, right? Something that had a little bit different flavor mm-hmm. profiles could, like, really, with this particular beer, thumbs up to hands, would go really well, I think, with the white or no, pesto. I agree with that. You know, uh, that reminds me then, you know, what about dark beers? And mm-hmm. what about like a taco pizza? You know, a Mexican mm-hmm. style pizza, I think a dark beer would go very well with yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, if we need to test retest on that, we can pop up to Villanova right now, <laughs> get their taco pizza, which is, yeah. I think, the best I've ever had, and see how you it goes. You sent with me the there, stuff. and it was very, yeah. very good. Okay. I'm a fan of Taco Pizza. Yeah. Even in my yeah. youth, uh, we would go to the Pizza Hut in my little town in Idaho, and they would have Taco Pizza. And then, yeah, my parents started making it at home, so we had homemade Taco Pizza pretty frequently. Yeah, mm-hmm. my, my second favorite Taco Pizza is at Hound Dogs, which we previously I had that one recently. Yeah. That is a good one, too. Yeah, I've, I've never had that one. Oh, good. Mark, you were telling me a little bit about you made a trip recently, and you tried St. Louis-style pizza. Oh, yeah. Not a fan. Well, what is a St. Louis style pizza? It's polarizing. It is. It's the cheese that's so polarizing. It's, uh, I mean, the sauce is very small. There's very, there's a low amount of sauce, just like a little bit of ketchup on it, you know, and then this Provel cheese, which is a blend of three cheeses. And then it's a processed cheese. So it, it kind of melts in a, not so in a plasticky way. Yes, yeah. it's very plastic. Have you had the no. St. Louis? No, and I don't. It's want a turn to. off. <laughs> it's a real turn off. It's real thin. It, the one that I had that was I forget the name of it, but it was supposed to be one of the better ones. Emos. It was Emos. like the dominant chain. So hmm, they've been yeah. around in St. Louis since 1946. In my first career, and I'm on my fifth career now. I had to go to St. Louis for work quite a bit. Okay. And the vendor that we work with, like a rite of passage with them, was like, oh, we've got somebody from outside of St. Louis going yeah. out for pizza tonight. And another interesting thing, like one of the most common pizza toppings in St. Louis is sauerkraut. Oh, really? So they'd Back order the sauerkraut. pizza, lift up the box because it's lunchtime, right? You're taking a little break from work. And so you have this very kind of shock to the system approach yeah. to pizza with sauerkraut on it. I can't say I loved it. can't say I hated it. Yeah. But if you're from St. Louis, you love emails. If you're not from St. Louis, it's a shock to the system. And typically, it's you dislike yeah. it more than Columbus-style pizza. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's very thin, though. It kind of reminds me how thin. Rubino's thin. Rubino's, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Oh. It's got a comparable thin cracker crust and... You really feel like you ate nothing. Like yeah, you could go, if you're disappointed, you could go have dinner afterwards. It's like eating a cheese it kind of. It really yeah. is. It's, it's gone. Really is. It's like it dis- dis- disappears into the universe yeah. instantly. Yeah. It well, almost doesn't exist. Has anyone had Wisconsin pizza? I have not. Well, I think no. they put brick cheese Wisconsin on it. Wisconsin brick okay. cheese, which is also a key element to some other pizza styles okay. too. But anybody What is brick cheese? Oh, it's so good. Think of like an American cheese, but a little creamier, a little nuttier, a little okay, more okay. butter to it. It's like if mozzarella kind of started going more yeah. towards, it, not towards cheddar, yeah. but just a, it's got a little sharpness okay. to it. Okay. In Ohio, which is, I feel, I think the first or second greatest producer of cheese in the country, which is a big deal. And we have a lot of that to owe to our Amish and Swiss communities in Northeast mm, Ohio. Yeah. But there's a style of cheese called farmer's cheese which is one of oh, my yeah. favorites it's pretty good and too. that's really similar to wisconsin brick cheese yeah okay. which you okay. will see in many chicago's pizzas but also uh detroit style okay. which i know we'll be talking about at some point too oh, yeah i mean let's get into detroit style right. now jim i ran into you recently just as i crossed the border back from canada and you were up there with angelo Signorino of Barley's. That's right. And what was your other buddy? Uh, my buddy Chris. Chris. So we went to Detroit specifically to have Chicago style pizza at Buddy's, which was the originator of Detroit style pizza in 1946. So yeah. neat history. Detroit style, if you haven't have it, which is hard to conceive of, right? Cause like that's like the hot thing in the country. A thick, deep crust charred, caramelized, embedded with cheese on the rings. Yeah. We had a really good one, yeah. uh, which is a from new Giuseppe's. product from Giuseppe's mm-hmm. today, which was great. So, started in Detroit, kind of like a focaccia-style crust in some ways. It's uh-huh. square. It's co- cooked in a rectangular pan. Uh, the way they started, which was a bar, so Buddy's Rendezvous, right? So, we're putting that, that beer 
bar pizza connection together. They got used bins or trays from the Detroit automakers right. to use okay. as their pans to cook this pizza. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, you okay. need to cook Blue, it for a long, pans. like long wow. period of time. So. I had a pretty busy summer in store for me last summer. I literally said, like, if I'm going to do anything fun this weekend, it's got to be this weekend. Yeah. My wife was out of town. So I got Angelo from Barley's, who's a common road trip companion for me and my buddy Christopher. And we headed up to Detroit uh, with a couple stops in Toledo to buy sausage, get some Coney <laughs> dogs, uh, stop the, the marijuana dispensary across the border. You know, there's some things to break up the drive, <laughs> but it was specifically for buddies. And while we were there, because Angelo was Facebooking away, that's when you saw that, that we I were did. in Detroit and, uh, we had some Mark Richards magic, which is like trail magic, but better. <laughs> um, and we got to, Get together for a beer at Jolly Pumpkin. That's right. I was sitting at the bar at Jolly Pumpkin. <laughs> oh, back to uh, the sour beer and pizza again. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah there yeah, you go. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, but Detroit style is amazing. And it, like every industry mag that I read, every other thing, like it is probably the biggest trend in the industry right now. Everybody that doesn't have a Detroit style is trying to like knock it out of the park. And Jets in particular, which is a chain which is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I, I like Jets. So for their interpretation of Detroit is is pretty solid. And this may be blasphemous. Yeah. And those of you who know me know I don't like chains. I don't like fast food. But you must try Costco's frozen Detroit pizza. Oh, the it's Motor good. City, the Motor City. Motor City. It's so good. Comes in a two pack. It's really good. People are talking about that on the uh, Connoisseur Facebook page all the time. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it's the Columbus Pizza Connoisseur's Facebook page. Well, that's an interesting page. There's a lot of good information. There's a lot of comments that don't need to be made. Correct. <laughs> kind of like this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say no. the comments there, there's like about eight people whose like life mission is to just say the same thing over and over yeah, again seemingly. in the most negative, mm-hmm. non-productive way as possible. And like a joke that was like beaten into the ground like 10 years ago, they still think is funny. So it's a great group. Yeah. The guy that put together there's awesome, great, super supportive local businesses. It's done so much to support local businesses, but I don't even follow it anymore because I just get so tired of like, okay, great. Somebody like you get the same questions over and over again. It's like, yeah, I'm new to Columbus. Where should I go for pizza? Right. And it's like, this place is great. It's like, no, that place is trash. You're an idiot. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, what do you think about Detroit style? 50% love it. 50% hate it. What do you think about yellow brick? Um, not yellow brick, which is awesome. They get good responses yeah. there. A wizard of pizza. Oh like, yeah, that's the yeah, one that people Wizard love of to rail against. Wizard of Zaw, yeah. You know, I still haven't had it. It went to the sushi place mm-hmm. up here. Yeah, what I understand is gone down. It changed ownership because he, d- yeah. he doesn't yeah. own it anymore. Yeah, I think the mystique really drove it up when you yeah. used to have to order it three months in advance. Right. Yeah, yeah. that helped build right. the mystique. But, but whenever something's sold, it's just like hot chicken takeover. Yeah, you know? it's, it's lost in translation. Right, yeah. you can't yeah. keep that energy. No, so anyway, it's that. a it's a great concept the guy behind it's awesome but literally there's a small group of people that just ruin it for everybody because yeah. they just can't let go of a stuff that's just you get that on almost every facebook page though but shout out to them i think it's I'm, it's like i think the largest pizza face it. group mm-hmm. in the country like yeah. fifty thousand plus yeah. followers yeah. so awesome. i follow that one and i follow the wing connoisseurs i just saw that one pop up recently yeah, yeah. i've been on that for a while yeah. Cool. Now, the Mark Richards connoisseurs, that's like a trending one. <laughs> I think it's coming That's this by year. invitation only. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, for a little kind of breaking things up, a lot of people like Columbus style pizza. What is that? Like, uh, I'm going to run through a bunch of different pizza okay. styles that a lot of people probably haven't heard of. Neapolitan, we're pretty familiar with that. Yep, so that's yep. basically Naples. So the, yeah. the people that gave us pizza. New York City style pizza, 1904, yep. right? So New York City, that's what people like as their template for pizza. When they think of pizza, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Usually got to fold it in half. Yeah, folded in half, floppy crust, big thick yep. ring. Rats love it, right? We've got Instagram accounts showing rats <laughs> like <laughs> traveling <laughs> through the city. It's a great style pizza. It's a derivative of Naples yeah, style, yeah. right? Both of those styles were created for pizza on the go. Working class folks and not designed to be entire pies, but literally a slice or two that you're eating as you're walking to work or whatever. Right. Yeah. Italian tacos, street food. Chicago deep dish. We've talked about that. Yep. California style. So think about Wolfgang Puck. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
pizza with any topping that you think shouldn't be on pizza on pizza. So like duck yeah. eggs and things like that. That's so a very nineties gourmet. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Detroit style. We've talked about St. Louis style, New England, Greek, Altoona oh. style, which is Pennsylvania. Okay. Colorado mountain pie. What is oh, that? What's that guy? Uh, Rocky Mountain oysters. It is, yeah, it is, it is, it, it is super <laughs> thick. That's all I can remember about it. The DC jumbo slice. So okay. take a New York style slice and make it twice or three times as big. Like it's huge. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dayton style pizza. What it comes down to, there's a, a chain in Dayton called Casano's. And basically some people confuse with Columbus style. Yeah. A lot of people like think like, Oh, well, like Casano's came before Donato's. Okay. Uh, they're similar in it's like their level of crust thickness. So okay. really thin. But Casano's was an early chain in Dayton, and then some of the Casano's franchisees decided they wouldn't pay the franchise fee anymore. Okay. So they retroed the dough recipe and just started on their own. Okay. So that became a place called Marion's, which is pretty well known, and a couple others. So Dayton style isn't necessarily a style. It's an interpretation based on folks basically following the same recipe. Briar Hill slash Youngstown style pizza. So, like, if you take... The Briar Hill part of Youngstown, just about everybody there is from the same village in Italy. So basically, let's take like a claw machine, right? Grab like a section of Italy and just drop it in the middle of Youngstown. That's Briar Hill. So the folks there, because they're from the same part, grew up with this Sunday sauce, right? So this long cooked, mm, okay. rich sauce. We cook like 12 hours, 24 hours or longer. And it's got lots of green pepper background to it. So that's a characteristic of that. It's Romano cheese forward. A uh, place here in Columbus that does it is Old Town Tavern okay. in, in Old Town East. Now, is that like a deep dish kind of thing or is it's, it more of a thin it's crust? It's more or? kind of in the middle, in the middle. I'd yeah. say. Okay. Like a little, it looks a little bit more like New York style pizza. Um, and then another place that does the Briar Hill or Youngstown style is uh, Meatball Mafia here in okay. town, which is in Hilliard. So we've got Steubenville slash Ohio Valley style. That's the one you're thinking about, Mark. Oh, yeah. Basically, you do like kind of a thicker dough, almost like focaccia style. Yeah. And then you throw the cheese on after it comes out of the oven. Cold. Right. Okay. So it's shredded you, cold the, cheese. The wow. cheese might After melt depending yeah. on how hot that dough is. So that started in Steubenville. I think the word is wilt. That is a contentious style. Yeah. You either love it or you hate it. Yeah. So, but there are a couple locations for that here in Columbus. Okay. Those are not as good as the ones that you'll find in Steubenville. Yeah. Right. And that's also spread. So you'll find those like some in the kind of the greater Pittsburgh area, some in West Virginia. So this little kind of Ohio Valley region. Right. That that's a pretty popular style. Lenny, you were talking about this when we got here earlier today. So New Haven A, little A pizza is a style. There's Old Forge pizza that's in Pennsylvania. Quad Cities, which is basically, I forget which states, but they're like four cities that basically that's kind a, of link. I think that's on the Illinois-Iowa border. Yeah. On the Mississippi yeah. River. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's Quad Cities, Trenton Tomato Pie, Philly Tomato Pie, Rhode Island Red, which I mentioned before. That's yeah. one variant at Yellow Brick. Omaha Pizza, Tavern Bar Style Chicago. We talked about that earlier. Windsor, Canada style pizza, oh. which there's a great documentary on YouTube about that. And literally like the website for that is pizzadocumentary.com, which okay. is Windsor style. <laughs> new Philadelphia slash Dover style pizza here in Ohio. Is that New Philadelphia, Ohio? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, that's not a very big place. They use Holmes County Colby cheese. Okay. Oh, their cheese on okay. the pizza. Okay. I'm supportive. And it's, it's thicker. So there's a place in Columbus that does it, not true to the origin and history, a little bit weird. But when I wrote about this, the most, like, I got literally, like, I had five people call me, yeah. 35 <laughs> emails. Like, I got some response when okay. I wrote about the Columbus interpretation of it. And, you know, it's not a big town in Ohio. So the good folks of Dover or with Dover Roots are very passionate about their style okay. of pizza. And, like... Holmes County Colby cheese. I mean, that's Amish. That's, yeah, that's very you're specific, not going to be able to screw that yeah. up. And then one that literally I just found out about last week, Regina 
style pizza, which is also in Canada. Oh, Regina? Regina, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Again, I said it wasn't great with pronunciation. <laughs> That's okay. Um, anyway, yeah. so Saskatchewan. That led me to. He just, there's, he just titters yeah. when he says Regina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a Wikipedia page about pizza in Canada, which like can really take you down a whole okay. different rabbit okay. hole. So, yeah. That alone is 25 pizza styles, many of whom you've never heard of before. Wow. So Have you I, tried all 25 styles? I'm Jim? working on it. Okay. Life bucket list. So, Jim. You named all these styles of pizza, yeah. and I'm thinking about, we were talking about deep dish pizza. Would you compare pizza to deep dish pizza as you would Johnny Marzetti to lasagna? Ooh, that's a very Columbus question, Lenny. Very Columbus. Thank you. Yeah. So, all right. So, Mark, you and I as the only Columbus natives in this podcast and one of the few, I think, in the city yeah. at this stage. So, did you grow up with Johnny Marzetti at all? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, like, this was something That's that... That's a thing. It wasn't at home, because mm-hmm. I come from a, a family of West Virginia immigrants. Okay. Uh, but, like... So, it, bologna? For school lunches, bologna and spam... Um, but school lunches, we would have Johnny Marzetti, okay. right? So yeah. that's a mix of like noodles and sauce and some ground, ground beef. beef. That's it, really. And that's what it is, right? So yeah. uh has a history that goes back to Marzetti. And cheese. You yeah. had some cheese. Melt some cheese in there. You could put yeah. garlic in there. Yeah, uh, okay. but like like a pasta salad kind of. It's great. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, but it's, it's just kind of it's, it's, it's a okay. it's like hamburger helper. Okay. It's a okay. salad okay. slash casserole slash yeah. hamburger helper is a good yeah. analogy. Like together, hamburger right? helper similar. And like Marzetti was an old school, long term kind of restaurant in Columbus in the yeah. right early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What, that's where we get Marzetti salad dressing mm-hmm. from today. So Johnny Marzetti, Columbus thing, you can dive deep into it on the internet. So yeah, I would say that it is lasagna adjacent, but it's a very Americanized lasagna, yeah. right? Like it's got the components, right. but the flavor profile just isn't the same as yeah. lasagna. I like it though. I'd have some right now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not after that pizza, yeah. but I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe yeah, it's more right. for dinner. Yeah. And that Johnny Marzetti was probably best paired with the Bud Light. <laughs> to be yeah. true to form. No, it'd probably be Old something Milwaukee. local, Hosters or something well, like that. Well, if it was available. Paul, yeah. Yeah. We always drank Old Milwaukee as kids. We That's loved fair. it. Yeah. yeah. We scorned all other brands. Well, hey, guys. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers, gentlemen. Cool down left. Nice. <laughs> we'll need it. Cool. That was very, like, good NPR background noise with the glass clinking. Oh, yeah.